We are here, ladies and gentlemen. We are now into action in USL Championship. This is the week where Orange County makes their return to play, and we've brought someone along to help us know what to expect. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. And it's in! Darwin Jones with the response for Orange County. And it is a massive one. Austin Bold dominant the last ten. Forrester in the middle now. Gets around a few defenders. Forrester with the outside of the foot. What a strike by Harry Forrester. It's the opening goal for Orange County. Has it now. Back post. Opportunity and a goal. A beautiful goal by Orange County. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast presented by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you pretty much each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Join me as he does each and every episode since day one. We've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how are things going? They're going pretty well. Um, yeah. I mean, who cares? We've got way cooler people on, you know. So let's get to them. Then Dylan. Uh, before we yes. do get to the way cooler people, we got to welcome one more person onto the show, regular down in San Diego, and that is Alan. Alan, how's it going? Oh, great. The best intro ever. Best intro ever. Before we get to the people who really know what they're doing, we're going to talk to this a-hole. Um, no, things are going well. It's it's. I mean, like normal, it's warm, but I'm sure for Kevin, it's hotter and he's going to make fun of me. But um, no, things are going well. I thought opening weekend for USL, there was a lot of really entertaining games, um, a lot of interesting score lines, and um, some uh, questionable refereeing. So welcome back, USL. Welcome back, USL, indeed. Uh, and as Dylan mentioned, we have way more important people than just Dylan, Alan, and myself. We're going to welcome back on to the Orange and Black Soccer cast, I believe, for the second time. That's uh, your goalkeeper for, or the goalkeeper for your Orange County Soccer Club, and that's Aaron Cervantes. Aaron, welcome back to the Orange and Black Soccer cast. Thanks for having me. How's it going? It's going great, and, and thanks for taking some time out of your evening uh, to join us, to speak with us for a little bit about what to expect going on here. Uh, so let me just shoot shoot a question here to you. Uh, how are how are how is the team looking heading into this first match? Just you know, what less than forty eight hours away? How is the team looking? Yeah, uh, the team's looking good. Everyone's everyone's glad to get back after a long time in quarantine. So um, I think everyone's energized and ready for Thursday night. Perfect. And I know a lot of the fans are are getting excited for this. There's a, been a long wait, not just the players, but the fans as well, to see the return of some soccer, uh, especially for the team that they follow here in Orange County. Um, what's uh, this whole COVID-19 sort of stoppage of play? How has that uh, been for you? How have you been uh, working on staying on game shape and preparing for this return to play? Yeah, it's obviously been difficult for everyone involved, but um, off the field, uh, when I was in quarantine, I, I was training with my dad, uh, doing doing weight reaction stuff and um, just staying fit. Yeah, just going out to the field, trying to get goalkeeper sessions in as much as I can and um, yeah, just trying to do as much as I could. Question from you, Dylan. Oh, we're just okay. We just cut over to to what I look like for no reason. Um, Aaron, how is you know is everyone fit? Is everyone ready to go? Um, I mean, it's been a really long layoff. I imagine even the bit of team training, people picking up knocks. So, I mean, I think the thing we're all curious about is what's the team going to look like? What's that team selection going to look like come Thursday? Yeah. Um. Everyone. Everyone had their own. Um. 
training programs over the over the quarantine so everyone's 100 percent fit everyone's ready to go so um yeah i mean we're gonna put the best starting 11 out on the field on thursday night and um it's just whoever's been training the hardest in the past couple of weeks and you know with with this return to play you're gonna get a, a tough opponent for the first match back on the pitch uh, sort of a, a rival for Orange County in the Phoenix Rising FC. Uh, there's a lot of recent history between these two clubs being some of the strongest teams in the Western Conference. Uh, was Let me ask you, just personally, uh, were you excited to see them as your first match back on play, or would you have preferred maybe uh, another team that you can maybe get a, a little work in before you get into one of these really amazing competitive matches? Yeah, 100%. Um, I was I was I was stoked to see that we got Phoenix for our first game because it's nothing's better than a than a test for uh for us you know it's it's always great to attack the season head on. Uh, Phoenix is a good team. I mean they got a good they got a good group of players and um, they know how to play. They all got good chemistry and it's going to be a tough game on Thursday. So with the new kind of group play. Uh, does that change your mentality for the course of the season versus you kind of play everyone twice and things tend to level out? Is there a different – is the team approaching it or the coaching staff approaching it differently because it is like a 16-game kind of little mini uh, tournament in Group B? Is is that changed the team's mentality or your, your mentality? Nobody's mentality has changed. I think everyone wants to win the – won a championship and I think everyone's on the same track and on the same page. Uh, and, um, I think, I think, uh, nothing changed. I think everything is even more locked in if anything. Now, uh, heading into this match, uh, there's been a little bit of a promotion from the club about a documentary series that's going to premiere right before the orange County and Phoenix match. Uh, it's a series that's going to sort of follow, uh, or share what's going on with this connection between Orange County and Rangers FC. It's called Path to Glory. I'm going to ask you a quick question, but let me just play the the promo really quick here, and then we'll we'll talk about it. I'm 14 years old. I'm playing for Orange County Soccer Club. Yeah. I'm ready to play now. Put me in the game now. I came here to prove it. I'm ready to do it. I can't be afraid now. Three Glasgow. All right. Having some technical difficulties with that video. Let me try one more time here really quick. Bear with me just one moment. I'm 14 years old. I'm playing for Orange County Soccer Club. Yeah. I'm ready to play now. Put me in the game now. I came here to prove it. I'm ready to do it. I can't be afraid now. Three Glasgow Rangers Academy players are heading to Orange County on loan. I'm stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out. Real loud, my time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. Oh, I think I could be the best player in the world. All right, so Aaron, I, I got to ask you this question. The very last comment there on that video is a uh, youngster on the team, Francis Jacobs, claiming that he thinks he could be the best player in the world. Um, when you first heard that comment or saw that, what were your, your thoughts? I mean that's just that's just Franny for you. I think he's he's got a lot he's got a load of confidence, and I mean if he wants to set that bar that high, I mean why not? I mean I, I think he can do it. I mean I, I, everybody's got this got to set their bar high. My my bar my bar is high as myself, and uh, I mean Franny's young, so he's he's shooting for the stars. You got to love to see that from from the players on your team, the young players on the team with this desire to get to the top level of soccer. Uh, in the world, and, and I know that's one of your goals as well. Is you 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 have high aspirations of where you want to go as a goalkeeper, uh, as a soccer player. Um, let me ask you this: uh, you know, it, it's interesting. You have a documentary following or that that's covering Orange County Soccer Club and the Ranger FC uh, uh, partnership here. What's it like to have you know cameras maybe looking at you, people talking to you, asking you these types of questions? Uh, and what has it the experience been like for you and all the other youngsters involved in this? Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit annoying. It's a bit odd sometimes, but I mean, that, that's just life. I feel like, I mean, I, I, I just, I just went with the flow. I mean, everything I was doing, I, I got a camera guy right next to me. Um, I mean, it was, it was an interesting little uh, process for for us three. It, 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 there was just nonstop guys with us, but I mean, 
hopefully the documentary comes out. I mean, it looks like it's going to be good based off of what we've seen, but um, yeah, it should be exciting. So I, I know that we, we joked about this before we went live that you're still pretty young, but you have these younger players on the team going through your first professional season last year with starts and getting like, you know, save of the week and a lot of these accolades. I think that you can say that you can almost be a little bit of a mentor talking about your journey into the first team. What are you kind of able to help the, these, you know, even young, even younger players? Like what are you hoping to depart from your experience moving on to that first team? And what are you working with some of these, uh, these players on as you guys kind of develop together? Yeah, 100%. I think, um, I think the best thing the younger players should do, and it's exactly what I did, it was just be as coachable as possible and be able to take criticism in a good way and apply it to your game and always have a, uh, always have a good ear and what everyone has to say. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. If it's if it's good, try it. Uh, just gotta try different things and be able to be able to adapt to different environments and to things that different things that people want to teach you and have to tell you. I'm out of. I mean, Aaron, you've said everything that we could hope <laughs> to hear. Um, what's your favorite vegetable, and how do you prepare it? And I know, I mean, you're 18. I didn't eat vegetables when I was 18. So if you don't have one, I'm not going to shame you. Really quick, Aaron, before you answer this, I want to remind Dylan that you have been on this this podcast. I don't remember if I asked. I don't share, but I I think we all forgot. So let's just see. Maybe maybe your taste buds have changed since your last time on here. No, they're exactly the same, actually. My mom's broccoli is just still to this day. It's a go-to. Fair. Has she uh, been able to bring you any during the during this COVID nineteen, or have you been able to pick some up from her to enjoy during this time period, or have you been trying it yourself, making the the recipe? I live with her. She's always, she makes it for me, like for dinner all the time. Nice, go <laughs> Dylan. Um, I think I remarked this on Twitter a couple weeks ago, and I think you actually liked it. But Aaron, every time I see, every time there's a little gap of me seeing you, every time you seem like you're like three inches taller. And 15 pounds heavier, and it's always just like straight bulk. I look at pictures of you when we first signed you, and I'm like, that is a small child. That is, I think we broke some like child labor laws there. And I look at you now, and I'm like, he could be 30 years old. How are you? How do you prepare? Like, what? It's what the is broccoli. Your, it's the broccoli. It's the broccoli. Yeah, but how are you? How are you preparing? And how are you training to to get this kind of like rapid fire gains and, and it's obviously having an impact in your game as well. I've been watching a lot of Rocky Bobo. <laughs> so lots of running, but okay. <laughs> running up and down steps, you know, all the, with that music going, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, let me ask you this really quick, Aaron, before we, we let you go. Uh, what should the fans watching the stream uh, on or not watching the stream, watching the match on ESPN two, which is is really cool. You're going to be on actually national TV. Not people don't have to go onto the internet to be able to watch you. Uh, what can uh, the fans watching this match expect from you and and, and the team uh, on Thursday? Yeah, we're just going to go out there, give it one hundred percent. I mean, we're going out there for a win, three points at home. I think um, I think everyone's on the same page with that. So uh, I think I think. We're all ready and uh, prepared uh, for Phoenix on Thursday night. Perfect. Yeah, uh, the fans are ready. It sounds like the the team is ready, and hopefully, uh, Coach Brian Cloutier and uh, Richard Chapel they they've got a great game plan for you guys to take care of Phoenix. Not once, but twice in the span of a week, which will be uh, pretty awesome. A great way to start uh, the return to play. Get you guys right in the mix of things. Um, so once again, Aaron, thanks for taking some time to join our podcast. Best of luck on Thursday and and go out there and and give it your all and and hopefully you guys pull out a, a, a full three points in this match. Right on. Always a pleasure, boys. Perfect. Thank you so much. Once again, that's Aaron Cervantes, goalkeeper for your Orange County Soccer Club. You can catch him and the rest of the team on Thursday on ESPN2. It's at 6 o'clock Pacific time. Um, also, prior to that match at 5.30 Pacific time, is part one of that documentary series 
that is showcasing the Orange County Soccer Club and Phoenix, or sorry, Phoenix, and Rangers FC partnership called Path to Glory. Um, so you can check that out as well. Uh, it's awesome. Aaron's it, both times he's been on, he's been an amazing guest. Uh, we love having so, uh, players from the team come on the show. Uh, and Aaron's been one of those ones that's been an awesome have on this, sh- this show. Right. Uh, right. Gentlemen. It's boys. Boys. If he is going to donate or if he's going to denote that that is our title, then that is our title. We're the boys. We're the boys. It's DJ Ray Samora and the boys. Boys. Perfect. Boys. I, I'll, take that. I'll take that. Right. It sounds like a sounds like an old 80s hip hop group right there. My name is Alan and I'm here to say. We have another guest on with us. <laughs> We do have another guest. He's Let's been patiently waiting while we were talking uh, with our goalkeeper at Orange County. Uh, it's a, f- a friend of the show. He's been on now multiple times. I can't even count anymore. Uh, let's welcome him on. And that is Kevin from the PRFC Fan Show. Kevin, welcome back to the Orange Black Soccer Cast. Hey, boys. How you doing? Great. Hey. We're doing great, man. We're doing amazing. Right, Mickey Mouse. Uh, Technically, you know, just... I can call you guys boys because I mean the age thing works in this case. So, probably yeah. your hair looks so dark. Yeah, it does. You thought be you were am- like thirty. You'd amaze. You'd be amazed what you'll do for your woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> if you if you haven't realized why we're bringing Kevin on the show today, it a you're not paying attention to what's going on in the USL Championship. Uh, and B, maybe you just don't pay attention to us, but Kevin's on here because Orange County is playing Phoenix in just a couple days. Uh, and Kevin's been such an amazing guest. Every time we've had him on, uh, we have a great time. We have some good laughs. Uh, and he doesn't uh, take it personally when we start bantering a little bit back and forth. He just laughs uh, heads off and, and we're still buds after we talk on here. So that's, that's one of the reasons why we love having him on. Uh, so let's get into all of this really quick about uh, this this match because this is going to be very interesting so phoenix is heading into this already having played a return to play match so there's an advantage there um oh yes and probably some of these orange county players are going to be scared to to get near some of the phoenix players with the the potential for some some covid19 spreading going on here uh kevin what's uh what's what's it been going like for phoenix so far um, you know, it's it's going really well. Uh, the practices have been going really well. I don't know if you watched any of the game against LA Galaxy. Um, we had a real def- decisive victory, and I'm not saying that we went out and beat Real Mal- uh, Monarchs like uh, San Diego did, um, but they were playing, and it was about 113 to 115 degrees on the field. And if you look at the uh, fitness that they had and the pace that they had and how well they worked together despite that extremely oppressive heat, um, it was it was just really impressive and the, and the thing is is that uh we get uh we get uh so many guys we can swap in and out that we you know we can save legs you know especially with this five man uh five man substitution uh so we are raring to go it's always fun to uh go against orange county um you guys know the rivalry as much as i do um they are psyched to get out there and personally I think it's fantastic that we've got two games one week after the other. I mean, how often do you see something like that? Not very often. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because one of those two teams is going to come in with piss and vinegar the second week. Right. And how can that not be fun? Well, and, and one, one way it's really important for orange County to come out and get some victories here in these first two matches is San Diego's already sitting six points ahead of orange County in the table. Uh, and it's a condensed short season. There's there's no room to fall behind early. So um, as as important as it is for Phoenix being sort of expected that Phoenix is going to be one of the top teams in the league this year, Orange County is expected to compete as well. Uh, and and we're expecting to see that. But if if Orange County drops even one of these two matches, it's going to put them in a decent little hole behind San Diego and Phoenix. And the, the scary part is, will there be enough time to get out of that hole if that was to happen? Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Dylan? Uh, I think it's hilarious that Kevin brought up that one of these teams is going to be coming in with piss and vinegar in the second week. Because I just feel like it's going to end up being a draw now. And it will just, you know, it'll be like a 2-2 draw or something. 
because that's how life always seems to go with these two sides. And, uh, you know, honestly, I'm terrified. Phoenix is a very deep squad, They're a very talented squad. I think they're by far the best team in the USL, probably in USL history. And they showed they can do it um, against a bunch of children last weekend. But after a very long layoff in weather that is disgusting, that nobody should be outside in, they'll be full of confidence. They'll be rolling up here. I, I don't think the rivalry thing is really going to have the impact that the fans think it's going to have because there's no fans. There's probably an Orange County joke in there somewhere. And also, these two teams have changed a lot. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of new faces out in Phoenix. There's a lot of new faces in Orange County. And, I mean, in the case of Kantoru uh, Suasa, now it's, you know, kind of like switching between the two sides. So... Let me let me help us settle a debate that we were having earlier, Kevin. Uh, when when he played for Orange County, it was Contour Awusa Ansa, and now we're seeing in the USL's Championship Team of the Week or something like that, and even I believe on a jersey it's Kanto. It, do do you know what's what's the how's he what's the name he's going by now? I I don't know. I have no idea, to be honest. Um, I wish I did. Uh, great interview question. I'll have to uh, to bring it up. I do want to chat with him at some point. Great. Now we're doing your job, too. Yeah, well, you know what? Yes. You guys were asking a footy player about vegetables. so you know. Hey, where do, I, where do I send my invoice? Where is <laughs> Chad at... <laughs> oh, you know, it's, it's kind of weird because you're saying, um, Ray, that you guys have a lot of change on your team this year. So do we. Um, do you feel like the key positions where you guys may have needed change has received change? Because, I mean, Aaron Voltson's back, Aiden Quinn's back right up there on the front. Um, who am I forgetting that's the, uh, the other midfielder? Um, uh, Who's your other midfielder that came back? That came Danny back, Danny Chrysostomo. Chrysostomo, that's it. Um, do you guys feel like you're going to have enough change up front to to change the way you're playing, to improve your play when it comes to the attack for this year? Um, how are you guys feeling about your attack in general? Well, let me answer that first. Let me, though, give a shout out to one of your fellow Phoenix Rising fans, uh, Jeremiah Ramos, who's listening on the stream. and. Um, he just put a comment in the chat, Kevin, with exclamation marks. So thanks for listening, Jeremiah. Um, let me just say this. Uh, I, I I feel like in a regular season, there is Orange County has built a really, really decent squad here that can compete in the USL. Um, but in this condensed season, you're asking a lot more out of your players. There's new strategies with the five substitutions. Uh, as far as the attack goes, uh, I, I think from where we were, maybe even just a few weeks ago, we've we've solidified the attack even more because you have, um, you know, of course, Thomas Enfoldson. We have Ugo, Ugo uh, up there. Um, did I say that right, Dylan? You're looking into all weird. I mean, you corrected it. Okay. Yeah, I, I messed up at first. Uh, and then with the signing of uh, Chandler Hoffman, or not signing loan of Chandler Hoffman recently. So that gives you three uh, proven goal scorers in the USL that can help put some goals into the net. And then you have a Darwin Jones who I, I feel like at this point, he's very much overlooked on this Orange County roster. I don't think any of us have really been talking much about what he's going to bring to the table in detail. We're, we're looking more at Thomas and and we're looking more like last week we had uh, Chandler Hoffman on and we were, praising what he can bring to this club. But again, Darwin Jones is just this, this sneaky, solid player out there on the right wing. And I think Dylan called it out last week uh, that he's pretty much our only right winger. So, you know, unless he gets hurt, we're going to see him out there every single match. So I, I think when you look at our attack, our attack is, is in pretty good shape, barring any major injury issues. I think one of my bigger concerns is going to be that rotation in the midfield. And if we can get solid contributions from the players that we're expecting. Um, you look at coming into last season, we're expecting good things out of Harry Forrester, or we were hoping for good things out of Harry Forrester, maybe is a better way to say that. We were expecting good things out of Charlie Adams, who's now down there in San Diego. 
And uh, we're hoping for another amazing season from Christian Duke. Uh, and all three of those sort of struggled throughout the season, whether it was due to injuries, uh, walking away from the team or mutual agreement of leaving the team, or in Harry Forster's case, just struggling to adapt, I guess, to the US uh, and sort of came in not in the best shape of his career. So I, I, I'm hoping we don't run into that same issue this year with Orange County in the midfield. Uh, and hopefully that uh, proves to be a, a place where we don't have to worry. Alan, what are your thoughts really quick on that? Do you agree with, with that? Or is there any, uh, concerns elsewhere on the pitch for Orange County? Um, I think what we saw last year with Orange County is there were some injury issues, and I think it led to some lack of depth, which created some issues midseason, and then they came back kind of healthy at the end and put on a good run. Um, I think with Phoenix, San Diego, L.A., this whole group, it's going to boil down to attrition. Like If groups stay healthy, uh, you have a, a much better chance, uh, even with depth, because depth just means you have people. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to work and play well together. Um, I think we saw with Phoenix this past weekend that um, they're probably going to be fine unless they kind of run out of steam. But 16 versus 34, probably not going to happen. Uh, with Orange County, um, you know, your big loss is Michael Seaton up top, but you sign essentially three attacking players to replace Michael Seaton. Um, and... I think that gives them a little bit of rotation. I think Braden Cloutier is smart enough to, uh, or Cloutier, depending on who you ask, uh, is smart enough that if things aren't working with kind of a, uh, you know, wingers and a, a, a striker, uh, that he played a, a 4-4-2 toward the end of last year, according to uh, his interview, the one game we got a chance to talk to him. It was very, very clear, a 4-4-2 diamond the first match out. So I think there are some options that Orange County can use because I do think they have good depth. Um, and with that, um, the Loney coming in, I think that just gives them one more option that really kind of solidifies an opportunity that if things aren't working with um, Shauna Coley or things aren't working uh, with uh, Etta Volson, that they have another option to go to, which they didn't really have last year. If, if Michael Seaton and Darwin Jones weren't clicking, I think it was, it was, you know, lights out, no chance. They needed both those guys to play well. Now you, you don't have it squarely on, you know, a Michael Seaton or a Darwin Jones, you have a few more options. And I think over a course of a season, that's going to work out better for Orange County than they did last year. So let me ask this, does Forrester start? I'll give that to you, Dylan. I think he does. Um, Cloutier has shown that he has his group of players that he trusts that will start no matter what's going on. I think he showed the kind of player he can be for six weeks last season, and now it's really up to him. I mean, he apologized for dragging his boot across the face of someone in Utah, but I think now it's on him to prove that he is that player consistently. Because um, if he's that player for five weeks out of the year, you know, Edson Alvarado was that player for five weeks out of the year as well, and you're not taking up an international slot. I guarantee you Edson's on a lot lower wage. Um, I think it takes away that that kind of player that deserves a shot. And Danny Le Great, yeah. Dana, great for the first game. Yeah, and that was a position he had never played before. I figured he'd spent time as like a 10 or even like a 6 in college. Maybe it was a 6. But no, like brand new, played as a 10, and did really freaking well. So, yeah, I imagine Forcer, now that his suspension's up, probably, uh, probably starts alongside... Um, Quinn and uh, maybe Casipoli. All depends and on the formation. Let me say this. Let me let me say this though too. Right is is we all know heading into last season, Harry Forrester did not come into Orange County in the greatest of shape. Uh, we've talked about it. Uh, we 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 shared our concerns about uh, that. Uh, heading into this season, he looked like a different person. He looked like someone ready to come in and actually take a season seriously. Um, he was ready to play. And then the thing that sucks is now we get this this long break from COVID. So 
and, and unfortunately, because of of COVID, it's it's difficult to really know what's going on. There's no like easy media access to go walk up to practices and see people and talk to the club or, or talk to players uh, and, and see what's going on. So the the hope for Orange County fans is that Forsher comes in looking like he did a couple months back, uh, as opposed to what he looked like last time he had sort of an extended break from soccer when he joined Orange County last season. Yeah, I was surprised he was on the roster for 2020, to be honest. I thought he was a bit of a problem child, uh, and uh, I thought he was going to be gone. So it's 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 interesting. And, you know, kind of remembering watching the game uh, that you guys played against El Paso at the beginning of the season. I mean, it seems like a million years from now. Um, you know, I think – there's some inspiration that has to happen in there, right? The hustle was there, no doubt about it, but there's some, some inspiration, really some creativity that needs to happen um, in order for, uh, for them to get potent. So like with us against LA Galaxy, we'd seen footage from the practice sessions, you know, and, and what the team was doing, and they looked really great in practice. But getting on the pitch, we saw it in the Bundesliga, we saw it in uh, um, EPL um, across the world, really teams kind of came out sluggish. And so you had that feeling in the pit of your stomach is, you know, what's going to actually appear on the field. Fortunately, I thought we we had a very good showing, especially considering the uh, the circumstances. So I'm sure you guys are going to go through that same type of uh, process on Thursday. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, that's sort of, a, I, I think a concern and maybe even a concern from some of the people at the club the way the the schedule was put together that uh, not only is Orange County facing back-to-back matches uh, at home against Phoenix, but they're also starting a little bit later than most other teams. Mm -hmm. So it's giving an opportunity for a team like Phoenix to get a game under their belt for this return. And now, so for Orange County's first matches against a Phoenix that has already gone through 90 minutes of this already sort of knows the way their bodies are going to react to this long break. Now we're back on the pitch. So definitely an advantage there for Phoenix coming into this match because they've been through it now for 30, for 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So. But on the, on the flip side of that, Phoenix is dealing with a little bit of a shorter week. And so on the flip side is Phoenix has a game in, but they also have a whole game of wear and tear and recovery might be an issue as well. Like we don't know what recovery looks like going forward, whereas Orange County might be sluggish, but they're still fresh. So I think that's like the trade-off of you if you had played if Orange County had played Saturday and has to come back around on Thursday to play again, I think we have a, a different set of issues that Orange County has to deal with. I do think, you know, Lowe's dose was fine, but it's essentially almost like a friendly um with the the the, the gulf in in playing ability yeah. between those two teams. Um does playing a low dose really do much for Phoenix besides try out some session. tactical things? Yeah, and try out yeah, some tactical absolutely. things. But there's, I think there's a distinct difference between playing a low dose with some kids and playing some grown ass men in Orange County. Like you look at some of you look at that game, and there was times where like I've seen with Orange County against Tacoma, where it's like Phoenix like the players didn't feel like they were going a hundred percent in because they just looked so much bigger because they're men versus, you know, outside of Aaron Cervantes, they're, they're kids. And like, I give LA lots of credit for not stopping. They, they played the full 90 plus, but I think there's a definitive gulf in ability between a low dose right now and an orange County. Um, well, I got yeah. some, yeah. I think that's can, a good can we, can we point, say Alan. this really quick, though? Can, can I just say something real quick, though? Uh, Alan, I, I understand what you're saying there, but we also got to remember that Phoenix basically has a whole second start starting a lot <laughs> on their roster anyways. So regardless of how exhausted you are after one match, you basically can rotate a full squad and have a, a starting quality team there uh, in Phoenix. So um, I'm, I'm, well, I'm sort of exaggerating well, there, but it, it's sort of what it, it seems like with this team, right, uh, Kevin? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got we could field two very quality teams on the pitch at any given time. But I will say this, and this is just this is gospel according to Kevin, right? I think Rick Schantz learned from last year that you can't switch things too up too much. Remember, he had the fiasco last year as he was trying to figure out the team, and and it killed us for the first 
six, seven matches, right? So I don't see him playing musical chairs uh, with the starting lineup. And I think his substitutions will be more conservative than people think. It's the beginning of the season. Uh, it's a bit of a short week, right? And it was a rough ride. Uh, but we've got great training facilities to get these guys recouped. And let's face it, at the beginning of the season, you can go and do a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday type of schedule or Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday or something like that and come out of it, you know, tired, but much better than if you're, you know, months into the season. Um, so it, it's going to be very interesting. These guys, uh, they feel the pressure. They know that they lost the, you know, that they didn't get to the cup and win it last year. They know there are expectations this year. They feel a huge amount of pressure. Man, they just want it. Um, so there's going to be a huge amount of drive. So it's it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how we attack, uh, what we do. Um, I'm I'm just looking forward to it because I I really think that this coming Thursday we're going to see the Phoenix that we're going to see for the rest of the season. We saw a glimpse of it on Saturday, but we're going to get the full enchilada on uh, on Thursday. At least I hope we do. Um, I do have a question for you really quick, Kevin. Let me ask you one question, then I'll get to what you have to ask really quick. Is uh, th this return to play with these these regional groups uh, set up and, and this compact schedule, uh, would you say it's a benefit for Phoenix or a detriment to their title hopes, the way the, the season was restructured uh, with this return to play? Well, I think we can mix it up enough. We can control injuries. We can control legs. We can control all of that to probably a greater degree than any other club, and that's a distinct advantage. Um, how it plays out, you never know, because nature always screws everything up, right? Um, but on paper, um, I think it comes to our advantage. Uh, the thing for us is we are really, really frustrated with this abbreviated schedule because we wanted a full season. We wanted to see if we could just do this. Now we say own the asterisk, so you know we'll own the asterisk if we can. But it would have been a lot more fun if it was for a full for a full season. Yeah, it's um, with all you you have a deep squad, but it's still like there's only one Junior Flemings. There's only one Solomon Asante. Like you can swap some players out and you have good depth, but I'm not sure like if you're going to do full a bunch of full rotations, if it's going to be quite that same deadly squad, if, and, and, and I think that's kind of where I think Phoenix can play a little bit smart as look at the competition and like put out a squad that maybe you don't need a Solomon Asante against you know when you go on the road against somebody or you know toward the end of the season last year where you're going on that 40 million game win streak um where if you have group b kind of solidified as far as hey we got a lockdown playoff spot you know you have a couple games at the end of that season where you might be able to rest somebody and still be just as competitive but i think when you look at the rotation um there's a couple key pieces that for some reason, solo just it. it I can't explain. The ball finds him in amazing spots on the pitch, and he just knows how to put it on frame from wherever. And it's crazy. And I know I just put this in the chat, but I got a lot of poop um, uh, for tweeting that if Phoenix doesn't win the cup this year, uh, Phoenix is probably one of the biggest disappointments in the USL. Like three years of quality team. Do you feel that Phoenix is cup or bust? Like at least get to the finals to compete in the finals again? Um, do you feel that if they don't make the finals, it's a disappointment? Or are you like, hey, it's it's a good ride, and if we make it, it's even better? Our hashtag is own the asterisk. Uh, that says it all. I mean, we have expectations. Um, we know that the team doesn't want to settle for anything less. I mean, they are very hungry. Last year, damn near killed us. Right. So we do not want we do not want a repeat of that. Uh, so expectations are win the cup and anything less is a disappointment. Um, you heard it here first. Yeah, it uh, it is what it is. Not saying we're going to do it. I, I think we're going to do it. I hope we're going to do it. But uh, that's the expectation. Um, the, again, the beauty for us is that not only if, if we bring Asante out. Right. So if we pull solo out. If we have 
somebody like Santi Moore sitting on the bench, right? We can throw him in, change our look immediately, right? Have a completely different attack that defense has uh, defenses have to work with, um, and that's really where where things get uh, get uh, a little bit um, tricky for for our opponents. Uh, it's going to be tough enough as it is feeding somebody like Dadashov up the middle. I mean, the man's a beast, and he knows how to play, uh, and he's very, very hungry. I, I look at it this way. I think Chris Cortez was great. Um, I thought Adam John was an upgrade from Chris Cortez, and I think Dadashov is going to be an, an upgrade from uh, from Adam John, and uh, that's, that's pretty potent to have a guy like that uh, in the middle. Perfect. Let's let's do this uh, for time purposes. Let's let's go ahead and do our predictions. We actually get to do a real prediction when it comes to soccer here on the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. I feel like I forgot how this works. Uh, so because Phoenix has already gotten a match under, you're already sort of used to what's going on. I'm going to go to you first, Kevin. Uh, your prediction prediction on this match, uh, score and key player. Um, I'm going with 3-1 Phoenix, Dadashov. All right. Uh, Alan, uh, should I be scared to ask you what your <laughs> prediction is? <laughs> uh, um, um, I'm going to go 2-2 draw, um, and I think um, Shauna Coley finds the back of the net for Orange County to... I'm gonna say he pulls it, pulls it even, and secures a very big one point for the opening game for Orange County. Dylan, let's head over to you. I have to mirror Kevin's assessment of a three-one Phoenix win. I think it's probably all Santi Moore, though. You right. have to say something now. You can't just. Uh, I think, okay, so I'll, let me throw this into the mix, and this is going to be a bit of a tangent, Ray. Um, I, I don't disagree with that um, because the defense is so unproven, right, for Orange County uh, for this year. Uh, what, what makes Allen kind of uh, an interesting prediction is that even though you guys only had one game and it wasn't, you know, the greatest thing against El Paso – if you look at the rankings in USL, you're still ranked number six in the in their power rankings, which we can debate whether it's total bullshit or not. But um, you're ranked above um, a couple of teams where I, I looked at it and went, wait, how is that even possible that they're ranked above team X or Y? I think there's some teams above us that, I, that I'm shocked at. And now you understand how we felt for those first six weeks last year when Phoenix was constantly when Phoenix like was number, number one two while you're losing time. to Austin Bold. And we're going, <laughs> okay, John Arlia has two brain cells and one's concerned with breathing. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. It's just, you know, you look at it and you think, um, I'm trying to think particular who it was. Um, San Diego, you were ranked below uh, OC. And then um, I think Tampa Bay Rowdies were too, weren't they? Now I need to look. Um, but there were a couple of teams where uh, where I just looked at it and went, I don't know, I don't know how that works. Um, especially because you're unproven, and most of these teams have played games now in the new season. That's really it's it's not a knock. It's just looking at it from a pure statistical standpoint at this point, and and who's done what. So. Uh, there must be some respect for OC up in USL Championship, right? Because you retain that number six, and you guys easily could have dropped to like 10 or 11. Uh, and that's in New Mexico territory. Nobody wants to be there. Why they're not 35th is beyond me. They should just I mean, knock them off entirely. It's beyond us all. Okay, it's not the Rowdies then. Oh, it's re oh, Indy, sorry, which I don't Antonio. disagree with. San Antonio is who was behind you, I and I thought, hmm. I, I think, think top top five in USL is Louisville, Pittsburgh, and Indy, and then Phoenix, Orange County. I think that's your kind of top five USL. Louisville, after what happened to him on Saturday? Yeah, and I mean, f f Pittsburgh is is. I mean, how do you bet against Lily when he? You know, I think Louisville figures it figures themselves out, and they're really hard to beat when it comes to the postseason. Um, I think it's. Whoever wins, I think Pony said whoever wins between 
uh, Pittsburgh and Louisville is going to play in the finals against Phoenix is what he called. Hmm. So I think, you know, out West group B is going to be between Orange County and Phoenix. It's going to be, I think that's where the rivalry is going to enter in. It's, these are two teams that are going to be battling each other all regular season. And I think, Unfortunately, it might not work this way, but it might come down to whoever makes it out of Orange County and Phoenix in the postseason is going to be who represents the West right now, uh, looking at the w- the way things are stacking up. Uh, now, Orange County still has to play, but I think, you know, on paper, I think very few people would disagree out West that Phoenix isn't number one and Orange County is probably number two. Yeah. Uh, did I do I get to make my prediction now? I guess. Yeah. Sorry. No, sorry. None of us want to hear it. No one wants to hear it. I mean, I yeah. think Dylan sort of already knows what's coming. Are you really gonna go for this? You know, it's gonna be like the actual yeah. scoreline. Credibility. Don't. Or in this match, five nil, Phoenix. I hate you so much. <laughs> and anyone that's listened to our podcast over the past two years knows why that prediction is coming out. It's it's usually a, a good sign for Orange County, usually. So I'm just going to say it that way. Um, mm-hmm. let, let's do this because there's a couple other things I want to talk about. Kevin, you're free to hang out with us a little bit longer if you have time or yeah, sure. you need to head out because uh, it's, well, same time in Phoenix. It's the same I guess. time, it but it's matter. 100 degrees. Yeah, I'm, and he's I'm all very old too, so this, uh, technically 19 past my bedtime. Um, but uh, I think you got a chance while you were uh, waiting to jump onto the stream here, you got to see our, our interview with Aaron and we played a little pre, uh, promo for a documentary, uh, series that's uh, going to preview on Thursday before the match on ESPN two. Um, it is called, uh, path to glory. It documents the orange County Rangers partnership. Uh, let me just ask you as an outsider, because I know sort of in Orange County, we're sort of excited about that because Rangers is a really huge deal outside of the United States when it comes to soccer. Uh, as an outside fan from the Orange County bubble, what are your thoughts of uh, a partnership like this? And what do you think it can do maybe for Orange County and also just for uh, the USL in general? Well, I mean, the partnership uh, definitely can't have any negatives. You know, I think it's outstanding that we're reaching out. Um, I'm a firm believer that we should be trying to be a part of the world soccer community as much as possible. Um, I got a lot of flack because I have no problem with, with, you know, the, the Louisville racing, you know, for the women's team in Louisville and using FC and SC and all that. I just, I like the integration. So I think it's great. Um, the Rangers, you know, uh, okay. The Rangers are the Rangers. So that'll be interesting. Um, but, uh, we can't downplay the importance of us integrating with the rest of the world. I think that's fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing the, uh, series. Um, I did notice something in the promo when you're playing it, um, for Aaron, was that Chris Cortez in a Los Angeles blues uniform almost towards the end? It, it looked like Cortez. It, it just came up and left really quick, but he was in a blue, looked like a Los Angeles blues, uh, kit. I don't know off the top. I've only watched it a few times. My okay. guess Let's is check it out probably not. It, it more than likely is a Rangers player um, if it's a blue kit, but I could be wrong. You, you know, could be right, you know, from what you saw. Um, what do you think, though, uh, it means for, again, not just Orange County, but the USL, that it's showing that there's really a path that these young players, if they come to the USL, there's actually a way for them to work their way up to a, a, a top team in the world in like Rangers or some other clubs if they get involved with some of this? What, what does it mean for youth in, in potentially Phoenix or elsewhere? It is, it is germane to the USL becoming a better, larger league than the MSL to have a development path. And every time we hear of another academy being put together, an academy uh, recruits coming in and doing any kind of cooperation with another team that's a world, you know, uh, somewhere out there in the world and they're a world-class team, um, that is a positive for the USL. And I think I applaud all of it. I think the more we outreach, the more we promote development of players, the stronger our league's going to get. So, um, again, if you want to find out more about this partnership, you want to watch the, the documentary series, it's going to be right before the Phoenix Orange County match. Oh, on, I'm absolutely watching it. On yeah. ESPN2. So, any of our listeners, if you want to check it out, that's your opportunity to do so 
uh, perfect. You watch the documentary and you go right into an amazing match between Orange County and Phoenix. A um, couple other things to just talk about briefly is Orange County will have fan cutouts at the, uh, or fan cardboard cutout thingamajigs in the seats at the match there in Orange County. Has Phoenix done anything like that yet? Or are there any plans for it? They have? Okay. We have. Yep. Okay. Shout out to Kevin. Kevin, you want to talk about that? Like that a lot of that was you. So we got to give you love. Uh, well, I'm, I'm really trying to downplay my part in it. I just, I had an idea because I know Phoenix is, um, is, uh, has a very good relationship with uh, Phoenix children's hospital. Um, PCH is very near and dear to me. I've done volunteer work for him in the past. And my grandson was there for uh, about a week uh, last year. He was very sick and they took really good care of him. And, uh, so bottom line is, is I thought, well, Hey, why don't we get people to sponsor cutouts for the kids at PCH who watch the Phoenix rising games and any other kid who wants one for that matter. So I talked to, uh, Phoenix and, and Rick Schantz, especially he hooked me up with the people at PCH and we thought, you know, we'll probably get eight, maybe 10 people to, uh, to, uh, do a cutout for a kid and, you know, we'll call it a day. 23 hours later, we had 71 cutouts sponsored. Uh, I've been collecting photos all through today. We're going to have them all up for our next game on August 1st in the stadium. We're going to have a whole army of uh, Phoenix Children Hospital uh, kids. I think it's going to be fun. Well, I, I got to say then props to you on that on that mission there. That's pretty, pretty darn amazing uh, to get something like that going. Uh, and anytime that uh, there can be any kind of like donation uh, and something for a good cause and uh, something like that. It's awesome. Uh, we try and do that on our podcast from time to time. And, and it's exciting to, uh, to see that uh, you're able to get something done with that. Cause I, and that's what I love about the USL is there's these types of opportunities where the fans voice actually can be heard a little bit more than maybe the, the more major sporting leagues in the United States where uh, the, the fans are basically just a little blip on the radar where in the USL, you actually, the, 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 team, the front office staff are accessible to some of the fans when it comes to stuff like this. Okay. I just have to say now that everything's ruined because Alan just called it Kevin's grandkids. <laughs> I just want to use all sorts of explicatives right now that I won't do. So you don't have to edit the show. You're welcome. Well, I already have to, cause you already dropped an S H bomb earlier. Go crazy, buddy. <laughs> you did it. So it might as well, right? This Sorry point. about that. Uh, Parents, please stop letting your children listen to this podcast now. <laughs> Um, so awesome, awesome to see. Well, I'll, I'll be excited. I'll be looking for that on any uh, streams of, of the matches to see where those are. Um, hopefully we'll get a chance to see those. There's uh, a soccer bird. Last, last really quick thing to talk about heading into this match. Uh, apparently it sounds like there are some Orange County fans that are planning to gather around the stadium. Um, it, it, you've been to the stadium before, Kevin, so I, I think you, you sort of know what it looks like there's sort of this fencing around the stadium where there's many spots where you can just stand out there and actually watch the match without having to actually buy a ticket. So apparently some fans are thinking of doing this. Um, I'm not saying this should happen. I'm not saying do it, uh, but it, it seems like it's going to happen. I'm hoping that at least if they're going to do it, they practice social distancing. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on fans choosing to do something like this, Kevin? I mean, they're grown, uh, blanking adults, so, you know, they're going to do what they want to do. But I, I think that we have a complex problem that has a simple answer, and that is to social distance and mask for a long period of time to get rid of it and be done with it. And our economy would not be going down the tanker if we could do something very simple like that. I will get off that soapbox. So my take is they're not going to social distance. I saw several photos from the Louisville um, game. And although they made all sorts of efforts to enforce social distancing, they weren't social distanced. And I don't know, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, but I know this, this thing's really contagious and we keep from spreading it by staying away and wearing masks. So let's give up a couple games, have beers on our couch, watch the game, enjoy it and be done with it. I'm not doing any of that stuff. Hell, I'd go, so sorry. I'd go get a crane and sit in the in the crane if I could, you know, and watch the games. But I'm not going to do it because I don't feel like it's the right thing to do right now. Perfect. Now I have people hating me, but what else? Is <laughs> not on this show. You know, we we don't hate you. We the the three of us here on the Orange and Black Soccer Cast don't Speak hate you. Speak for yourself. Right. 
I just want to say, Alan said the 10 OC fans will be fine. And yeah, I mean, when you have a small fan base, it pays dividends. Like, you don't sit in long lines. The away fan ticket allocation usually covers your away day. Um, if people show up to the stadium to stand outside, all of them could be there and it would easy. it would be easy to be a part. I just hope whoever shows up is smart and they better wear masks. Um, or I'll fight them with a seven-foot-long pole. I, I think the one that made me the most mad was uh, Jason Weintraub tweeted out a picture from the OKC match, and it's like a, a player standing for a throw-in, and right on the other side of the wall are people sitting there without a mask. Like San Diego reached out and we're like, "Hey, do you want a, uh, do you want to be you want media credentials?" And I said, "No." I was like, "I'm not paid to be there. There are going to be people that that's how they make their money." I don't need to be there. I can watch it on at home and make sure that because it's not just about the players. I think the other thing to consider is all of the people who have to show up to work the game and the staff and the coaches and all of the people who aren't far away on the pitch. We also have to think about them as well. If you're going to a game that's selling things, there's going to be someone there who has to sell it. If you're going to the bathroom, there's someone there who has to clean the bathroom. Like, I think it's just a little bit selfish to think that we deserve to go to a soccer match when there are people who have to work those matches and then we're putting them at risk, possibly. Um, I just think it's best that we stay home. We watch our favorite athletes do battle on the pitch from very far away. Uh, we support our team financially in whichever way we can because we know they need that gate, those gate receipts. So. Instead of buying, instead of your your season tickets this year, buy a kit, buy a scarf, make a donation. Like there's still ways that you can support your club without actually having to physically go to the game. So that's what I want to encourage people to do: is look into how you can support your club um, instead of buying tickets. Do something else. Reach out to them and say, "Hey, how can we support you financially to make sure you're here for next season?" That's what I'm gonna. Yeah, that's my random thought, Ray. You're already getting rid of your random thought. You're you got to come back with another one, man. Mike or hat drop there. Uh, Kevin, you had one quick comment there. Just very quick. Um, I'm a big Jake Edwards fan. Uh, I think him letting fans back into the games is a misstep. Yeah, gotta I get was, them uh, dollars, bro. Yeah. I was I was shocked to hear that, and, and it sucks that it's based on locality too, because. I mean, then you're really just trusting that the people in charge in those areas are going to make the right call. And we've sort of learned at this point that uh, people don't always make the right call. Oh, I mean, Usually I can get into it right here in Orange County with the, the school board decision, the OC school board decision to basically they said schools should open up with no mask, no social distancing and just return to normal in the fall, which is <laughs> Mr. Alan's out of here. Al, uh, he's he's Alan running away from this podcast. Luckily, he's not in Orange County. Started. Um, the the good thing when you hear that though is a lot of the school districts in the in the county have said no we're not going to follow that we're going to do what we're already planning to which is either offer some sort of uh, remote or a limited uh, school year uh, or or things of that nature so regardless I mean that's just the one thing that sort of sucks is you're you're trusting that the people in power and in charge are going to make a decision that's going to be beneficial for the health of everyone um, and it sort of sucks and. Who knows? We may have lost a few listeners from making these types of comments, but hey, uh, part of being on How social would they media even listen to our podcast at this point? Yeah, this is yeah. not anything new. Yeah, they, they, also, they know the way we I feel. think the vegetable thing don't agree. make you lose more people. So <laughs> <laughs> let's do this because uh, we've already reached our hour point. I figured we might go slightly long on this because it's the first uh, podcast where we actually get to talk about matches, but we got to wrap things up here. Uh, so um, unless anyone has any other important soccer-related news, actually, I do have one thing, but I'm going to go to each of you first. Any important soccer-related news that anyone wants to briefly just give a shout-out to? Anyone we want to give a shout-out to? No, any, any important piece of soccer news that anyone wants to just mention really quick? Everyone's Watch quiet. women's soccer. New Mexico. Well, let's, talk about let's talk about that really quick. Let's talk about our. Um, no, I don't want to talk about that. I just want to say watch women's soccer. I don't want to talk about how you're winning and how the rest of us aren't winning. <laughs> yes, you got NC Courage. You're probably going to win, 
But well, I'm smart for picking them. So I mean, that that's all that. You literally had no idea. Had. It was by chance. I picked the correct. Otherwise, we would have picked and, courage. And I'm smart for picking the number that I picked to it get was... NC courage. But uh, to give a quick update, uh, our playing for pride again. It's the N NWSL. Uh, that we're basing it off of, and I'm currently in the lead with 28 points. Dylan in second place, though, he has to be proud of that after like being like negative points last season uh, in our playing for pride competition. He's at 21 points, and Alan, he is actually trailing even the two teams that are not that no one picked on yep. this. I uh, just yeah. really want to make another donation to playing for pride. That's it. That's what I want to do. That's <laughs> so, I'm being I'm being selfless. Thanks for bringing that up, though, Alan, before we forgot to do that. That's the thing I did want to talk about before we went to our random thoughts. Random thought time. Let's go to our friend out in the desert, Kevin. What is your random thought for our listeners? Uh, random thought is, A, the quality of the women's soccer we've been watching has been outstandingly high, ridiculously great. Love every second of it. And the second one is, if we could all just start showing love to each other instead of indifference and hate, a lot of our problems would just melt away. Perfect. Alan, what about you down in San Diego? Do you got a, a, a better random thought? A better random thought? I got to come up with a better random thought. Um, <laughs> frick. I was going to say be kind to one another, but Kevin stole it. Um, I was going to say the women NWSL thing is going well, but Kevin stole it. Um, ugh, terrible. Um I don't know. Read a book, like you buy a black. Um, my my reading recommendation is uh, "How to Be an Anti-Racist" by Ibram X. Kendi. It is a phenomenal book. I'm about uh, 25 percent of the way through. Um, I'm going to encourage if you have not read a book by a black author uh, about race, please do so. Um, don't ask a black friend. Educate yourself because we have the internet and we can do it our damn selves. Dylan, random thought. And you can't tell us something to read because Alan already did so. No, I was actually not going to, but I have mentioned Thanks for All Part by Chinua Achibe or Achebe. I'm not exactly sure. Um, there's no accents, I don't know, uh, in the past. But no, I just think um, I have two random thoughts. Um, one of them is sending all of my positive thoughts to our good friend, Kelly Selmeri, um, who got us started with this podcast as she goes through a bit of a personal thing. My other random thought is that we should um, remind ourselves that these players who decide to do whatever they do during the national anthem um, have a right to do what they do. And a lot of them are um, men of color who are extremely underpaid um, for the enjoyment that we get to see. Oh, also in that playing the national anthem before um, club matches is so, 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 so stupid. Broke is replacing it with something else that's better as a song. Woke is just not doing it at all except for international matches. Thank you for your random thoughts, uh, gentlemen. A really quick, my random thought is just regardless of where you're planning or how you're planning to watch the match this Thursday, please stay safe. Uh, if you do wear a mask to go out, out to the stadium, please wear a mask. Please social distance. Uh, that mask and that social distancing is more for others and not for yourself. Um, if you choose to go to a local restaurant uh, on a patio to watch the match, again, please social distance. Please wear a mask. Uh, and, and please just be courteous of others to make sure that uh, everyone's being taken care of when, with all this going on. Uh, and if you choose to watch at home, uh, enjoy. Um, yeah, that's going to wrap things up. I want to uh, say thank you again to uh, goalkeeper for Orange County Soccer Club, Aaron Cervantes, for joining us again here on the podcast and for sharing some information on uh, what is happening on the lead up to this match. Uh, thanks to Kevin for taking some time out there in the, I guess what they say is a hot place, the desert there in Phoenix, uh, for joining us as well. Although I still think it's hot here from time to time. Uh, so no giving hard times on that, Kevin. And of course, Harry, if you listen to this at some point in the future, don't make fun of us for saying it's hot here in California. Uh, for Dylan, for Alan, I didn't let you guys do your social media, but all of you guys have Twitter. So if you're watching the live stream, you can see it there. Really quick, share your Twitter, everyone. Uh, Kevin. 
at PRFC Fan Show. Dylan. At OCSC underscore SoccerCast. Alan. A Underwood 48 on the Twitter machine. Perfect. And I'm at DJ Race More. You can find the podcast at OCSC underscore SoccerCast. You can also find us on other social media avenues as well. And our website, OCSCPodcast.com, to listen to not just this episode, but any of our previous episodes that we have released. Uh, for everyone, this is the Orange to Black Soccer Cast. We are out, but I got to go to Alan if he's ready to read some stuff. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. That's IcarusFC.com. And, and Alan, it's it's been really hot, but I still want to wear one of those amazing like custom scarves. Can you let anyone know where to find those? Yes, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get your custom scarves for your group or team or even your custom mask at roughneckscarves.com. Perfect. Thank you, everyone. We are out. <laughs>